University Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Stevie Mitchell on the way inside. Shiren on the board. He'll push it ahead. Nemhard on the run. The lob to This is Farabello in the corner. Step back after he got Jones in the air. Two threes from Creighton's bench. A rarity for a bench that does not score a lot. Eight to shoot. Marabella, back cut. Ball, count it, and the foul. Nimhard to the line. Colette, underhands it, prospers three. Rebounded by Shireman. 90 seconds to play in a two-point game. Drop it. Shireman, jump stop, inside, tied up. There was stuff thrown at the Marquette bench after the game. Uh, that is unacceptable. We, we win with class and we lose with class. We respect our opponents, we respect the game. And I appreciate every one of the 18,000 plus that were here tonight. Uh, but that kind of behavior, there's no, there's no place for it in the Creighton family. We just, we don't act that way, period. We can get upset at a call, that's my job, but we, we don't do that. But that's not what we're about. And, and it's disappointing that it happened, and, and I don't ever want it to happen again. It's, it's, it's not who we are, it's not who we've ever been, it's not who we're going to be. That's Coach Mack. He said it right. It's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Let's not throw stuff on the court. Man, it's a... Uh, Let's not do that. It's testy all over the place, man. I, I feel there's a lot of... Uh, tension? T- there's a lot of tension over the last 15, 16 hours. Is it even man. that long? Well... Maybe it's like 12. 12, maybe? Yeah, I mean, game started at seven thirty. Yeah, I just, I just, I think by, by nature, like it's, you know, there's the hoops game. There's, you know, we're talking about recruiting and in state versus out of state, and folks being firm, and I don't know. I just, I feel like folks are very uh, energetic, maybe combative. If, a little if, bit of both. If, if you will. We saw some more athlete-on-athlete crime with Honey Badger and Shady McCoy. and You know, you the mentioned. The media. I mean, it's just. You I, mentioned I, the situation yesterday, and I started doing my digging once I got home, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there were some oh, people yeah. chiming back on social. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just one or two. It was like seven or eight. Well, I mean, when you host a platform of a show like that, you co-host, and you know, the thing I think that surprised me the most was, you know, media now will take apparent, like, seems to kind of take sides in terms of, you know, it used to kind of be neutral. Well, you know, that's just such and such and such and such. I, that's just those guys or gals going back and forth. I think now nah, you get some really strong opinions on peers criticizing peers for and it's taken personally their takes on the job so i i mean i just think it's kind of in a deal where we we, we say what whatever we think and, and i was joking with you all fair i don't have any problems with i really don't going back and forth over something except when people talk in absolutes 
like when when you go to extremes to use you know like adjectives to describe people's decision making or or behavior it's like eh, let's not be that dramatic right? right like when people say things like absolutely no way or all the time or never or always or like those things yeah you you, you got to you got to be careful about doing stuff like that and and on the heels of uh, of last night's game and 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 speaking of stern and and you know kind of going there eh, coach mac didn't leave a lot of room for interpretation uh in terms of don't do it again it's not who we are it's not who we've been it's not who we'll ever be like uh, that that one was pretty absolute and pretty cut and dry but listen man with with that environment uh, it was extremely heated uh, f- f- for the bulk of that game, and and the the coaches were te- Coach Mack with the timeouts, his body language, ugh, he was like snapping a timeout. Mm-hmm. I want a full, give me a twenty. You know, Shaka Smart coming onto the court, slapping the floor, uh, imploring his players to play harder. I mean, a good four or five feet on the court. At some Which point, is kind during, of his personality. It, it is, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, I, I don't – one thing you won't hear from me is I'm not trying to tell those guys, hey, this is right, this is wrong. I mean – Just to stop being Yeah, them. like this, this – yeah, do what you do. Right. And, and the officiators – the officiators – the officiating officials will deem it as they see fit. That is, is, what I was, that is, is a what good I, way to put it. Is what I was trying to say and – I mean, there were some back and forth, man. I, I saw, you know, officials going back and forth. I, the the barreling up of chess to debate calls. I just was like, ugh. It, it lent itself to a chaotic environment the last three minutes of that basketball game. But it started early. Mm-hmm. And that one in terms of how I felt like the demeanor and the energy in the game was going on the court versus the officials getting control of it early. Jeff Anderson's going to take a lot of blowback for a game like this, but let's talk about two different perspectives here. One, kind of off the point that you were just saying, the way that he was calling the game Mm -hmm. throughout the entire game was pretty consistent to him and how he was calling that basketball game. On the contrary... You can look at some of those fouls that he made, those calls that he made, and think, were you in the right position to make that call? There was one on a rebound late in the second half when Kalkbrenner's coming across. I think it was Prosper Mm -hmm. that was coming in for the board, too. Trying to get positioning, Kalkbrenner's late, but Prosper's not really close to the play, and... Anderson, by the scorer's table, is making that call, where there's two officials standing right in the vicinity that don't. So there were some times where you can warrant a question Mm -hmm. on Jeff Anderson's decision. But, you know, let's talk about the play with two seconds left, because that call right there did not decide the game for Creighton. Creighton lost that game prior to that moment. Did they have a chance to get it back? Yes. Because when that ball was tipped by Nemhard, Kalkbrenner obviously grabbed it, put it up, and scored. But the Jays were up 12 in the first half. They were up 8 at halftime. They shot 
over 75% from two in the first half. And then all of a sudden there were 15 turnovers on the box score and nine of them came in the second half. And we started to see that Marquette was beginning to match the intensity of Creighton late in the first half, and it just carried over into the second half. There was also a time where Creighton didn't score for like six minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was six on the nose, if it was a little more, a little less, but a bucket didn't come, and Marquette's now up 10, and you have seven minutes to go in this game. So were there other factors? Could Creighton have controlled their destiny? Yes. But going back to that one call now, that you were talking about sparked some combative responses on whether it was social media or at the sports desk on TV. Here's where I had some issues with it. And hold on, DB, let me do something for you. There we go. Oh, my here's God. Where, uh, here's where <laughs> – Ah, uh, he's he's going here, ladies and gentlemen. He's I going here as he unzips the coat and breaks out the official shirt. Here, listen, and on a day where you work with a guy that you know cannot stand officiating talk, so here we go. Here we go. <laughs> wow, I had to go over the top. That was it's gonna, gonna be a happy Wednesday. I was, I, was, I was in my what, Bobby. What's Farron, unhappy about this? I, I, just, Bobby, I just took off my jacket. My Bobby Farron moment. Don't worry. Be happy. So, oh, so, happy. so here's happy. what I saw: some handsy play before the inbounds pass. Nemhard trying to get positioning goes on, goes behind him, has his left arm hooked prior to the pass, releases as the ball is being passed. Sitting there is Cam Jordan, waiting for the basketball. But Igadaro's pass is probably two feet, three feet to the right because he's expecting Jordan to kind of finish his cut, not sit still. Mm-hmm. So now the pass could be considered an errant inbounds pass because he was anticipating a lead pass. That actually benefited Nemhard because Nemhard had better positioning because he was playing behind Towards Cam Jordan sideline. in the moment. And the whistle came after Nemhard hit the ball one bounce. When he, when he smacked that ball away and, and it was about to take a one bounce to Kalk, here comes the whistle. Now I know in a bang-bang moment you can't really take five-tenths of a second, eight-tenths of a second, and think, why didn't he make that call nine-tenths of a second earlier? Mm. I'm not saying that. But it seemed as though... Jeff Anderson was already anticipating something to happen. And I got that vibe because right after he made the call and Mac was right in his ear, you knew that if you make a call in that moment, the home bench is going to storm you. Plus, it's, it's in front of Mac so he can see what happened when the whistle blew. When you make a call like that, turn around – I couldn't believe it. And square up to a guy that's taller than you. I, I couldn't And believe. bigger than you. That's the most disappointing thing about the whole, the whole thing. thing. That, that's the entire thing. I didn't even, we haven't talked about this, but. I, there was zero professionalism taken by Jeff Anderson. And in that, that wasn't moment. the first time last night that that had happened. That had happened two or three other times. But I couldn't believe the bristling of the chest 
to go chest to chest to argue or to defend the call. I think that part kind of heightened the whole deal because uh, listen, it's, it's all about it's all about vantage points, and I had a couple guys walk me through it over the weekend. A couple, you know, a couple calls on on Saturday in, in versus Bellevue West, like I didn't love, right? And so I just ask for a lot of those guys are my buddies, right? So I'm just asking for, hey, you know, what'd you see? Little clarity. Yeah, what'd you see? You say, oh, you know, this angle, this or this angle, that, and I think on a couple of two or three times last night, it was about angles and positioning. Now, again, I know what coaches are going to say. They're going to say, hey, listen, that's part of the job. That's what you do. But the officiating crew, um, I think they know their rotations. They know their spots on the floor. I do wonder how people feel. 888-638-4876. I do wonder how people feel when, like, let's say a, a foul happens on the baseline and somebody from the wing makes the call or a foul happens opposite an official mm-hmm. with his with potentially a back to a play, right? The play that comes to mind last night is Kalkbrenner's box, box out. Where Jeff made that call from on the scores bah- table. It was behind Kalk, right? Mm-hmm. So from his vantage point, what'd you see? He sees Prosper go to the ground. If you're looking from the baseline or at Kalkbrenner in his face, I think you could see there was very little contact, and it was m- momentum from them oh, both. It, yeah, it was. Th- there was no contact. So I guess if you, that's the one. Call, that's the call that I thought was pretty bad. Because it's it was on the baseline, you can see it. Um, it drew it drew boss. It didn't draw his ire, but as a broadcaster, what you don't particularly do, at least we're asked not to do, is you don't hammer the you don't hammer officiating, right? You bring it back to the broadcast. You bring it back to the broadcast. But on two different occasions, Bob's like, I don't know about that one. Then you get the slow mo on the jumbotron. You get the slow mo on the television screen. And you're like, yeah, I don't know that that's a foul. And that right there, mm-hmm. I think there's a little less than three minutes to go. There's probably two. It's f- adding up at this two, point. Two fifty on the clock, right? Or two forty-five. Ket gets only one point out of it. I think Prosper made one of two, and it was sixty-five, sixty-two. So I think it made it sixty-six, sixty-two. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Social media is fantastic at that. Um, Correcting you if you're wrong. <laughs> I just anybody like, I, th- right. but I kind of like it though, right? Because right. I don't want. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's, I didn't it's know a, if you meant by giving you the right information. No, or it's all it's all it's wrong. all good, right? Uh, whether it's grammar or whatever. But so, I the play at the end of the game, I didn't have a huge problem with. Um, what I don't like, and I tried to warn people about. I do it all the time, and sure enough. It, it it rears its ugly head. What, what do I always say? Hey, be careful. Don't be that person that gets into legislating when you should or shouldn't call something. You'll never win at the end of the day. You cannot say, well, at this particular stage, would you call? Don't even entertain that. Like, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong when you get into at a particular stage of the game on if you should call something. If you think it's a foul, 
It's a foul. Don't legislate time of game or match because it doesn't – you're not going to win. So now all of a sudden we want to say, oh, man, would you have called that in the first half? Why, are we, why is that even a thing? If it's – just keep, it, keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. If you think it's a foul, it's a foul regardless of when it happens. Officials know ahead of time. Just assume they know. They don't want their whistle to ultimately decide the game. They don't. But that doesn't mean you're going to swallow it intentionally just because. And here's the thing. You gave up multiple runs. You were up 12. You were up 12. You let a team call a timeout. They go on a 7-0 run. You can't extend. That's why I made sure to say at the beginning, you this tu- didn't lose. You turned the, the ball over three of your first four possessions in the second half. You heard Coach Mack, who, who, and this is a mouthful for him, in the postgame, I listened to it three times. He said, we lost our minds. <laughs> so for Mack, that's... For Coach Mack to say we lost our minds out there the way that he said it to Bish, he's based that's the equivalent to you saying, DB, you you might be the biggest Richard Head I know. Like th- those are stern words from Coach Mack, right? He benched Kaluma. Like there were a lot of fifteen minutes. There were a lot of things. Fifteen minutes. That I think that they would like to do differently. The 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 call, no call, in my opinion, I think intensified the deal. Yeah, and let's get to some callers here on line one. We have Anna to talk about the CU crowd, AB perhaps Anna Bellinghausen. Is not that not sure. We'll see. What's up, Hello? Anna? Hello, <laughs> it's AB. What's up? Hey guys, good morning. How are you? Good. good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Let's talk about the the CU crowd. I mean, you were in that atmosphere last night at CHI. I'm sure it was one of the loudest you've ever heard CHI, but mm-hmm. what'd you gauge? What do you want to talk about? Jeez, yeah. Uh, first of all, crazy competitive game. It felt like a March Madness one that we got blessed with here in February, but you kind of knew it was going to be a rowdy game from the start. I mean, the Creighton student section, I've never seen that rowdy on a Tuesday night ever before. It really felt like a Saturday or a Friday night. Um, and just the animosity between the Marquette bench and the student section. I mean, they're right next to each other, so it's really hard not to have that. And the Marquette bench was really interacting with the student section, which also didn't necessarily help. I mean, they were shushing the student section, waving at them. But also the CU students were doing the same thing back and chirping at them, of course. I mean, it's hard to get away from that in such intense games like that and so much at stake. But just the atmosphere, I mean, you, I think it was one of the best atmospheres created at CHI that I've ever seen since, you know, being a fan here in Omaha. And, you know, the, you saw the towel thrown on the court. I don't know. Could you guys see that on TV? Yeah, we could. there were multiple objects yeah. that came on the court. I didn't know what they were, That's though. what I was about to say. I didn't know what was thrown. So it was the one of the blue towels that were given out pregame. They were on the back of every chair, and it was just a towel. So luckily it wasn't any item that could cause harm. But still, you regardless should not be throwing anything towards the court and then they give the fans the in-venue warning, like, hey, if you guys throw one more thing, 
it's going to be a technical on Creighton, and obviously the fans understood that, and I think straight away from that, but apparently there was another towel thrown, yeah. and the refs didn't see it, though, but the Marquette bench was yelling, team up, team up, and yeah, it obviously didn't happen, but still um, unfortunate that it had to happen that way with the with the items thrown, and Greg McDermott, I'm sure you guys saw last night, addressed that in his press conference, yeah. and I've never seen the guys or Greg get to a press conference so quickly after a game. Like oh, they he was steaming. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like running up to the podium and like the SID Rob was not even in the room yet. We had to wait for him to get in the room. And then first thing off the bat, Greg addresses that situation. And then um, apparently items were thrown towards the Marquette bench yeah. post game. I didn't personally see anything, but... The people that I knew that were there said around the student section, but not from the student section, so you, you just don't necessarily know unless they go in and really try to investigate what happened post-game. Let me ask you something real quick, A.B. When's the last time you saw a game where, you, where officials actively interacted with the fans and like the, the way that happened early last night in the arena with Jeff? Geez, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a game where the refs were interacting that that was animated wild. towards the refs and the fans. And so, from my point of view, I, I didn't even really get to see the situation that happened with the ref and Mac when he basically like squared him up. It was yeah. a really odd. It was a really odd thing to see, and I. From our vantage point in the media section, you can't really see see that. Obviously, emotions were flying both ways, so it it's hard to tell what happened unless you were right next to Mac or the ref. But it it wasn't the best look. Mm. It, it gave me vibes that he was insecure about that call. Thanks, AB. We appreciate you. Let's go over to line two, Shaner, and talk to uh, little orphan Kim because she still thinks the sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Kim. The sun. Good morning. The sun is up. It is. It's, 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 so, we, we have our blinds. Yeah. I'll open those. I'll open those bad boys up here in a little bit, Kim. But I'm going to take your word for it. Okay. So let's start with the required housekeeping stuff. Housekeeping. Yeah. I'm, I mean, our love for Mason Miller. So let's start there. <laughs> I don't know if this is an hour love thing. We love Mason Miller. Yes. Okay, Andrew, you don't love Mason Miller? <laughs> Not as much as you, Kim. I'm going to let you have that one. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, I know. Officiating doesn't make or break that game. We lost that game. We could have had that game. Mm-hmm. That's the second housekeeping thing. But, <laughs> but, that same official, the way he interjects himself into the game And I think he does it intentionally because he's been doing it for a few years. During the COVID season, when there was hardly anybody at those games, and I got to be in the lower bowl for a while, which (laughs) I should never be in the lower bowl. I mean, that's just it. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm not a lower bowl person. Ask Damon. Andrew, he'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He actually... Interacted with my sweet five foot three daughter 
Wow. Who is all of 100 pounds soaking wet. Did he square up on her, too? Oh, well, he, yeah, pretty much. Ooh. And all she did, all she said to him as he's running down the court, because she's a nurse, wear your mask correctly. Oh. <laughs> and he came, he came after her. And he's like, verbally in the middle of a game, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems, and he was at it last night with fans, and I don't, you know, ask Robbie. Mm. Talk to Robbie about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I appreciate the call. Thanks, Kim. I, I almost had to. I almost had to mute Robbie. Oh yeah, he was on. I'm it. not. We Robbie and I it. are gonna have a chat about <laughs> all that whining he was doing. Hey, let's set up the show and get to our poll question next. It's coffee and cream.